I hope you like GIFs. Yes, not GIFs, not the automated pictures that move around online, but GIFs with a T. Because today I have five incredible GIFs that can help you reframe any moment of every day. Now, these GIFs are not proprietarily mine. Right? They're things that I have picked up along my journeys and things that I feel like can create new perspective any moment of any day for any person. These come through the channels of positive psychology. Right, It's a subset of psychology that leans more heavily into things like coaching and interventions and a whole bunch of kind of emerging field that doesn't focus on the things that are wrong with people, it leans more heavily into how to live an optimized or actualized life. And so the first gift that I want to give you is a tool that is creating a letter of self-compassion. I mean, have you ever heard of the term self-compassion as a whole? More than likely, you have in some sort of iteration or variation, but as I define it, As it pertains to this, it would mean essentially treating yourself with care and concern, especially when you're confronted with some things that you're not all that happy about, right? Like shortcomings, failures, and maybe it's some things that you could refer to as your mistakes. So it has three different distinct components as self-compassion is concerned. Right, the first one is a certain amount of self-kindness. That means, as again, I define it, that we are gentle and we understand with ourselves rather than harshly criticizing ourselves and being filled with judgment. The next component to keep in mind is a certain sense of common humanity. This would require you to realize the fact that we're all connected with others and we're all experiencing life Instead of the things that get into all of our heads at some point that we're alone, alienated, isolated by the amount of things that we're suffering through. The third thing to keep in mind is, oddly enough, mindfulness. Right? So hold your experience in a balanced sense of awareness. So don't ignore it or exaggerate it. In an episode that aired last week, I had an incredible guest on the show that's the head of the Human Potential Institute. As far as the training goes, name's Rod, and we dove into an awareness exercise that puts you really in the seat of consciousness. I would heavily encourage you to go back and listen to that episode just to get clear on different ways to balance your own awareness. But as we dive into a specific exercise that's based solely around this letter of self-compassion, I would like to encourage you to begin choosing an aspect of yourself that you criticize. How fun is that, right? Basically, tell me something you dislike about yourself. Side note, I remember watching Nip Tuck in high school and or college, right? And it seemed like every episode started out with, tell me what you don't like about yourself. That's essentially what we're doing right here. So you choose that aspect of yourself that you dislike or criticize. It could be anything, right? It could be the way that you show up in the healthiness of your body. It could be how great or poor, poorly you show up in relationships, your career, anything above. 
Now, the first step in this is to write in great detail how this perceived inadequacy makes you feel. Keyword there being perceived, right? Sitting in that seat of awareness is going to have this be your perception of your reality, which doesn't make it the ultimate reality. It just makes it yours in the moment. So what thoughts come into your mind about your inadequacy? What emotions and images come up? What stories have you conjured up to tell yourself about these inadequacies and why they exist? Get it all very clear. Get it all out there in the open. Write it all down so you can see it. This is a difficult exercise to begin with, but it gets much easier, I promise. The next step of this is imagine someone who is unconditionally loving, incredibly supportive, and the most accepting individual they could possibly be. This person, whether it's a friend or a parent or someone that you've never met before, we'll say it's Mother Teresa, would only see your strength and opportunities for growth. This would mean your negative aspects as well. The friend inherently would forgive and accept all of you embracing you just as you are. Now, write a letter to yourself from the perspective of this individual. What would he or she say to you? How does this friend encourage and support you to taking steps to change? I'm going to encourage you as you do this. There is no right or wrong. Just let it flow. Get it out. doesn't matter if the words are spelled right, if there's proper paragraphs. The whole idea of this is to visualize the things you don't like by seeing it on a sheet of paper, mentally picturing a person that is truly just in your corner, and then write a letter from this person to you. Now, once you've written the letter the first time, set it aside for a day. Come back to it and reread it. When you reread it, let these words really sink into yourself. Feel the support, the acceptance, the compassion, even the encouragement that is there. The craziest part is the version of yourself that loves yourself that you conjured up in your mind is still part of just who you are. It's one of the aspects of your psyche. And so save this letter and review it whenever you're feeling down. When you're feeling down, it's important to always recall that accepting yourself is the very first step to any sort of change. That single exercise has helped more of my clients than I can actually recall. See, I walk people through finding out triggers that exist in their lives. In the present day, we all have things that bother us. Eventually, we peel back and we peel back and we peel back. And remember the first time in our lives where we felt that emotion. That emotion created a ripple effect that has dictated how we live ever since then. When we go back in time, we have to heal that version of self in order to progress forward. And healing would mean it's inherently broken, but there's a part of us that didn't developmentally proceed forward after that moment in time. So we have to do something to help smooth that over. This letter is an impactful part of that journey. I would heavily encourage you, when you are feeling down, to take this perspective and run with it.
But if you don't want to take that perspective, right? Let's just say you're not much of a writer. That's not what it, that's not what you want to do. What about taking a daily vacation for yourself? Sounds good, right? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Are you a fast start? Right? Are you someone that lives life full go, pedal to the floor all the time? I know I am, 100%. I burn the candle both ends in the middle and then in the middle of the two halves. Which then leaves me feeling like I lack time to actively savor and appreciate anything in my life. I just run and run and run and create and help. And at the end of the day, I'm sitting there scratching my head with what's it all for? I hope I'm not the only one. I hope this might also be you because this is an exercise that has helped me tremendously to get clear on this. See, there's been a bunch of research that has been shown that rather than intensity, the frequency of positive emotions and feelings is a far stronger predictor of one's overall level of happiness. A different way to say that would be it doesn't matter how incredibly happy you feel in any one moment. Like the depth of your happiness is okay, but it's more important to remain consistently positive in small incremental steps. That's what this exercise is all about. The first part of the exercise, you literally just choose a different vacation destination every day. Now, the vacation destination, before you get all excited, you're not going to necessarily have to spend money and go travel the globe. It's a mini vacation from the pattern interrupt that is life. So it could be going for a walk. It could be having a hot or cold bath or watching the sunrise. It just has to be something you truly enjoy doing. You're, you're going to have to do something you enjoy for a period of time every day. I know. How, how crazy is that? That's, that's my prescription for you is step one. Right? Go enjoy yourself in small moments for weeks at a time. But in order to do so, you must actually remember that this little mini daily vacation is a time to relax. So leave the shame and guilt at the door. I'd even encourage you to leave your phone at the door. It's really important to set aside any fears and worries and just live in that moment. Now, as you're, I'll say, walking outside, we have to be very present, which means experiencing all of what's happening. Notice and become consciously aware of all the sensations that happen. The way the earth feels beneath your feet. The way the chipmunk sounds that scrambles up the tree. And from that, begin to become aware of how you're feeling in that moment. And more specifically, all the positive things you're feeling in that moment. Now, it's great that you would have went through this exercise today. But before you wrap up, we'll say this hypothetical walk, you also have to plan the next day. What's tomorrow going to be? And from that place, begin to truly feel and look forward to it. This has a part two associated with it, right? So it's not the third thing. It's the second part to the the second step. And it's something that has provided profound shifts in my life. See, every day before I go to bed, I take five or ten minutes to think of the positive emotions that I experienced during the day. 
I think of the three wins that I had for the day. I think of things I'm proud of. I write them all down. I have them. I can refer back to them. Then at the end of every week in something called the observation tower, I take 10 or 15 minutes and I look back at the past seven days. I want to know all of it. I don't know how I felt this week compared to other weeks. And then I don't know, once I've done that, the sense of accomplishment, how I feel right now in the moment. Those things have created monumental shifts in how I view myself and how I show up in every aspect of my life. It costs you nothing to progress forward this way, other than a little bit of time. And speaking of time, we're going to start looking at the best possible version of you. Right? This is a specific exercise. If you're someone that's not inherently optimistic, this will start to guide you in that direction. This is actually part of all of my goal setting that I walk clients through. It's part of the software that we're developing. It's part of every bit of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and understanding that. It's part of Mike Dooley's work in manifesting change. Right? This is a core competency in seemingly any person that's ever had massive success, and I want you to have it as well. See, the best possible self requires you to begin to envision an imaginary future where everything in your life has turned out exactly how you want it. This has been shown in countless studies to increase people's moods and well-being. So the goal, of course, is to increase optimism. That's what creating this system Right? The, the version of your best possible self is ultimately designed for. And to do so, there is some cognition that happens by taking pen and putting it on paper and writing it out. So I believe it should be in a written form more than typed. I believe when you add visual components to it, i.e. vision boards or dream casting, whatever it would be, that it ties another powerful aspect So not only do I have individuals do this for their long-term goals, right? Paint forward. Paint with a magic wand. You can create anything that you want to. We can also do it on a daily basis. Like, how is tomorrow going to show up? And this can get pretty lengthy. So I I start with a a simple exercise of just having the stopwatch on your phone, right? Put it for 15 minutes. And write down all the best possible things that you can come up with of how your life would be. Dr. Jordan Peterson has something that is the self-authorizing suite that I went through this past weekend. It took four or five hours and was truly breathtakingly brilliant for reshifting my perspective on what I can actually achieve and then creating a plan. So I'm integrating pieces and parts of that into the goal setting because they all flow together. These are powerful, powerful tools. And then this powerful tool, imagine your life the way you always had liked it to be, your best possible self. Picture that you have performed in your best possible ability and you've achieved everything and anything you've ever wanted in your life. That's what you're going to be writing down. And while you're writing it down, certainly don't worry about pesky things like punctuation or grammar. Just focus on getting your thoughts on paper. After you've completed the initial exercise, right, when the alarm clocks went off at the 15-minute mark, reflect on your feelings. Reflect on what you wrote down. 
It should have motivated you and inspired you. It probably brought about some things that make you want to change. It certainly should have a positive effect overall on you. And this is something you can revisit time and time again. All these exercises will be clearly displayed for you on OptimizeLifeShow.com. That's OptimizeLifeShow.com. It's the completely complimentary resource that's associated with every episode that launches. Go there, download the transcription of my words, download the value-added PDF, download any resources we find valuable and available, and begin to implement in your life. If you could do me a favor, with that being a free resource, if you are listening to this and have not yet left a review inside of iTunes, please do me the honor and distinct privilege of leaving a five-star review as well as a written review about the value you've gotten from the show. I do that because the more people that see reviews, the more that iTunes sees reviews, there's a good chance more people will tune in, and it helps me make an impact in more people's lives. Again, this is a labor of love, my friend. I pour into this with tools and systems and processes that will better your life. If you simply implement them, all I ask in return is you let people know you're listening. And then, of course, as always, if you feel compelled to be the next best version of yourself, to take some of the things that I'm training on here, plus a plethora of things that I have not yet discussed, and you want to dive deep and know how to implement them in your own life and potentially in other people's lives as well, head over to humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimize for more information as it pertains to the coaching curriculum that is ICF accredited, that's International Coaching Federation accredited, which gives you the ability to be an elite coach yourself. More importantly, it just tuned you up to be an elite version of yourself. For more information, please head over to humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimize for more information. The third valuable giveaway with no expense associated with it is an exercise called the strength wheel. In order to execute on this, you're going to need to know some of the strengths that you have. And my friend, I can assure you that you have them. And once we know them, we have to see how they present themselves in our lives. Once we know how they present themselves, then we can look at how do we optimize the strengths that we possess. Like, how do we really implement them? And in order to fully optimize anything, we have to become aware of the potential for growth in a given context. So for some strengths, there might be sufficient room and opportunities for using them more frequently and more intensely. Others are going to be only pulled out occasionally. I want to walk you through how to have access to this information. This information itself, I came upon from a guy named Matt Driver. I don't personally know Matt. This is part of some psychology research and digging around that I did, but I want to give him full credit that He's the one that I, I found the article on this, and I want to make sure that I pay homage where homage is due. So the goal of these strength wheels is to create a visual representation of the possibility for existing strengths to be used more or even potentially less. When you do this, you begin to see the strengths that you have that might be underutilized or potentially you're leaning too heavy on some of the other ones. This also then, through that, begins to create a clear plan to increase or optimize the strengths that you have.
Now, part of this is to identify the strengths that you have. It might be even helpful to have somebody else help you investigate if there's room to use some of these strengths more often. The center of the circle will represent a score of zero and the outer rim score of 10. From that, inside the circle, place two marks in each segment, right? Because the circle as itself has all the strengths that you have, right? Well, imagine it's a pie. And then you're going to put a mark closest to zero if you feel like you're not using it and all the way towards the outside if you feel like you're really using it all the time. Then we're going to start to draw a triangle that connects the two marks. So the bigger the gap in the current use and scope, the bigger the triangle should be and more potential there is for using more strength. And this is best. You're going to need a visual representation of this. I understand it's a little cumbersome, not, um, not to oversimplify, but just imagine a big circle with, you know, five, six, seven, maybe it's 10 or 15 strengths. And at the center, right, the bullseye is a zero and all the way to the outside is a 10. And you currently look at where you use it and then how often you use it. And it creates a scope of work for those particular strengths. If the arrow is facing in, it means you're not using as much as you could. If the arrow is facing out, it means you are using as much as you can. So there's some key performance indicators that are hidden below the scenes that I won't bore you with, but there's a presentation of some of the stuff if you're in misalignment with your job or in misalignment in a relationship. That is certainly going to begin to present itself with your strengths, just the way it always does. This will be an eye-opening experience, so certainly head over to OptimizeLifeShow.com. I'm not doing this exercise good justice because it requires a visual representation to fully understand it or someone that's simply just more articulate than I am. I want to get into a couple more little takeaways for you that certainly aren't little in impact, but little in the, the quickness of the ability to implement them. First is a three-minute breathing space exercise. So say you're stuck in a negative cycle of feeling, thinking, or just being. Let's say you had a bad outcome at work. Something didn't go the way you want it to. And that created an emotional trigger, right? Sadness or frustration. This then starts a feedback loop for most of us and said, this isn't good. I don't want this. It has to stop. Or how could this ever happen? Or maybe you're just not good enough. Right? How often have you thought those things before? These thoughts then create feelings and emotions, which then lead to more thoughts again, and it just is a vicious cycle. We get stuck in this cycle of feeling and thinking for a very long time because we're so identified with the content of our thoughts, we lose awareness overall of what's happening. You get caught in the game of feelings and thoughts, which is why I help clients walk through, feel the feelings, know that they're there. But let's get very clear on the facts once we have processed the feelings, and then we can shift and focus our direction on a desired outcome. 
Because without that, we get caught in this loop of worrying or ruminating about negative outcomes. So, to walk through the exercise, the very first step when you have that triggering event is to say, where am I? How am I? And what am I thinking? In this way, you get to step outside of the doing mode for a moment, and it disrupts the patterns that are running in the background. The second step involves single focus of attention. Now you're going you're gonna to shift your attention away from what happened and just start to focus on your breathing. The third and last step is your attention is expanded so much that it includes the awareness of all the body sensations. You're going to focus on your body as a whole. This should continue on for three minutes. Just recenter into yourself. Where am I? How am I? What am I thinking? Ask yourself those things. When you can answer those things, begin to bring your focus to your breathing. From focusing on your breathing, continue to focus on that and breathe in and out for three minutes with incredible intentionality. This is an effective exercise to integrate mindfulness into your life. This structured implementation can be achieved by using a timer or just when you use the restroom. It can essentially be automated. Things like this are massively impactful. I mean, there's so much to explore in the confines of your mind. And if you feel as though it's a jail cell, why not start to create it into an abundantly rolling meadow? You can. The same thoughts that have created the prison that you reside in are the ones that will transport you to the rolling meadow or the beach or the place you want to reside at. And there's a chance that you're hearing this saying like, hey, Ryan, you, you've bumped your head. That's not how this works. Well, certainly. Right? I'm not here to really debate this back and forth because I just point blank know that it works. But there's a sense that if you're fighting this, it's because there's some sort of self-criticism. And what if we could encapsulate that self-criticism and then get rid of it? Wouldn't you want to do that? That's the last takeaway I'm going to give for you. It's create self-criticism into thought balloons. See, I know that self-compassion is an inherently valuable resource for all of us, myself included. I'm, we're all our own worst critics. My hand is held very high in the studio right now. So the opposite of self-criticism would be self-compassion. So we have to increase our awareness of the factors that are stopping us from having self-compassion. So we have to tame our critical inner voice. That's the only way to do it. And for many of us, that internal critic is a daily part of our lives. So we have to shift through it. And if you've been running in the background for so long, that critical voice, it has become so deeply seated in your subconscious, it's now internalized and has become a daily habit. You might not even know it's dysfunctional by nature. So I want to help you 
interrupt and disrupt this automatic pattern. This is going to help shed a lot more light on the things that you're probably most critical of. I want to create a truly black and white approach to motivation in which compassion is good and self-criticism is bad. Now, you've heard me say before, I don't believe in good and bad. In this situation, I absolutely believe in good and bad. It's not perspective. Anything where you are self-deprecating is not necessarily good, i.e., if you're self-criticizing, it's bad. What will happen through this exercise is your beliefs about criticism for motivation will be changed. The best way to do this is anytime you have this negative thought, right? It's going to, it's going to appear. Welcome the negative thought. Imagine being encapsulated in a balloon, right? It's inside you. You swallowed it. It's negative. It's there. Now, what would you do if you had a balloon inside you, whether inflated or deflated? You'd, of course, want to spit it out. You'd want to get rid of it. You would want to pop it. You would do anything to not feel that rubber internalized inside you. And that's what we have to do with this self-criticism. Well, in the presence of self-compassion, self-criticism can exist. There's a one-for-one equation there. So the best way to pop the balloon is to recognize that it's inside of you, welcome it that it's there, and pop it with giving yourself some compassion. That's it. That's just how it works. I believe so many times we overcomplicate the simplest things. I go through with my business clients consistently. There's a very, very proven, simple way to understand who to speak to, when to speak to them, how to speak to them in a way they can hear you. There's ways to generate clients without spending tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook advertising expense. There's ways to use the algorithm to your advantage. There's ways to stay away from the places where your clients don't hang out and only spend time where they do. And when I explain it to clients through my nine-step process, They sit back and say, it's too easy. Like It can't be that simple. I just had a call today that said that very same thing. Well, it's because our brains have been wired to over-engineer everything because we're always in a consistent state of fight or flight. We have to always be scanning for what could go wrong. And so more times than not, the simplest answers are right in front of us, but yet we fight them tooth and nail because... Well, it just can't be that easy, right? These are the same people that I hear share with me like, ah, being happy is, 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 you just don't get it, Ryan. I have it way too tough, right? I've been divorced. I have money issues. I have kid issues. I have my, my child's father or mother is incredibly aggressive and you just don't know what I'm going through. Well, let's state some facts. I have never been divorced because until my wife, I've never been married. So I don't know what that's like. However, I have dated or spent time with two, maybe three, maybe even four women that were 
married, but going through the process of a divorce when I met them. I have seen every side of every man that is on the other side of that equation. Loving, caring, trying to get their exes back. Aggressive. Standoffish. Name something. I've seen it. So while I don't know what it's like to physically be in your position, I do know what it's like to be a bystander that is actively participating. The difference in every situation is the way that we show up for ourselves. If you believe in any moment of time that you can impact how someone else shows up, you are full of it. If you don't like the way that something goes, start by viewing yourself as a component of change. You're going to have to change something about yourself in order to make that actually work. Part of that comes from getting clear that your mind is either your biggest advocate or your largest proponent. And it's okay if it's dark. What's not okay is to stay there. There are too many tools, too many systems, too many processes, too much information that is literally complimentary for you to feel stuck forever. want to encourage you to step up into that version of yourself that you know you are capable of, but somehow continue to justify mediocrity. There's no need for it. With that being said, I'm Ryan Nidell wishing you truly unlimited success.